Hello and welcome to Dial Femme for Murder, our 10th episode special. Hi. And we've got a special guest with us here today. We sure do. Sammy. Hi guys, it's... Hi guys, it's me, Katy Perry. <gasps> oh my um, god, it's Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry. Katy Perry. I came here um, to finally announce that I'm actually John Bonet. <gasps> oh my god, literally, yeah, that's well, an exclusive, guys. We were supposed okay, to be thanks, holding bye. that back to the end. We we're supposed to be holding that back to the end. You know, it was going to be a bombshell <laughs> at the end, but you know, let's start oh, strong. Damn. Let's start strong. Mm. Let's do it. You know us, California so, girls. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Sammy has kindly come on to talk to us about the John Bonet Ramsey case, which is going to be very interesting. But before that, we're going to do our weekly roundup of what has Martin been watching that Emily hasn't been. <laughs> well, actually, I haven't really been watching much because I finished Blackish. Me sad because I love okay. Blackish, and I finished that. Um, and then I just watched the Great British Sewing Bee, which is really what the hell like, is that? it's basically like Project Runway but British. So they all right. they're all really like do 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 you know they're okay. all you know cup of tea like they have like. You know, when in Project Runway and stuff, when they when the judges are talking, everyone in the um, like green room are like bitching and talking shit about each other. In Great British Sewing Bee, they're all drinking tea. Lovely. That sounds so wholesome. That's the vibe of the Great British Sewing Bee. Um, nice. But yeah, like I did want to talk about. I was just like looking because you know I like to keep abreast of our stats of the podcast. <laughs> abreast. Um, we now have like 125 followers on Spotify. Happy days. That's I make up a hundred of them, though. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so all of your different alt accounts. Just... Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this podcast. I have you tattooed on my chest. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have some Katy Perry lyrics tattooed on my body. Nice. Um, Do you actually? You're so gay. Me? Oh. No. Me the, or the, Katy lyrics. Perry. <laughs> the lyrics. <laughs> The I was like, that's a very formal question, but like, yes, I am a queer. And what? In Pride um, Month, you know. I'm queer and super American. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, You're disgusting, you know. Yeah. Well, in I am, as the British would call, a puff. Lovely. So, what the fuck is a puff? A puff is a gay man, a puff. What? Like, like, poof, Why? poof, like a fairy, like poof. It's up. quite. Is is that? De- is it derogatory or has it been reclaimed? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's derogatory, but I'm not really that bothered. Call me I saw you your, t- I saw your TikTok on it. It's like, oh, so you're the noise that a dog makes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I am so, a poof. Okay, but I just think of like Puff the Magic Dragon. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense to me. Like queer people are magic dragons. Mm-hmm, like obviously, mm-hmm. that like that checks out. No, it's a I Britishism. don't. I don't think it's as nice as that, to be honest. No, no. There are some of my like. There are some um, really awful British slang for for gay people, which I won't. Must discuss we go them. into this in Pride Month for all? No, months. no, we, sh- we shan't. But you know, reclaim. I reclaim some of them. Nice. Um, but... I do have a British question that I've always wanted. Oh my god, I, go like, for it. Answer. Go on. Okay, this is coming from America, mm-hmm. Michigan, the mitten <gasps> Madonna's from Michigan, FYI. I know, I I know she's my neighbor. Shut up, no, she isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know she doesn't live there anymore. But, you know. Yeah, um, but wow. 
Wow. Here's my question for you British people. Mm-hmm. How come when you there's TV shows that are like British centric, like the British baking show, right? Mm-hmm. How come it's either extremely wholesome or extremely raunchy? Because I look at like the British bake show and they're all like, oh, like jolly well, good time. I'm mm-hmm. going to make a bake, like bake a cake in like 20 hours. And then I watch Skins and they're like fucking like masturbating under themselves mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. screaming mm-hmm. absurdity so what what is that i think it kind of depends on who the i'm pretty sure the target audience for skins is not the same audience for yeah um great british <laughs> bake-off i guess i'd liken it to the the audience for say castle is not the same as the audience for pose you know Okay, I um, can you speak American though? Like, um, like what? You, like, okay, so like you know, <laughs> oh we're God. not. Like, oh, why are we? We're only five minutes in. We've already got dodgy accent. Dodgy? Excuse me. I am a classically trained actor. All right. Good lord. You know, I went to university to study drama. Just because right. you got a BTEC national in in drama does not make you a thespian. Actually, I'll have you know, it's a BTEC national in acting, so okay. I can act. <laughs> Honey, I acted straight for the first 18 years of my life. Not very well, but I did it. Yeah, I was going to say not very well. You didn't have many people fooled. Let's just say that. So back to popular culture. So Kimmy Schmidt is in the KKK. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was so upset. So basically, for everyone that doesn't know, Ellie Kemper, who played... I can't remember who she... She basically played a poor man's uh, Pam on The Office. Poor man's Pam. (laughs) Poor man's Pam. Her name was Pam in The Office and they had to switch it to Erin. There you go. So she played Erin in The Office and she played the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you've seen Bridesmaids, she's the one that loves Disney. Anyway... She, it's come out that she was in a KKK beauty pageant when she was at high school. Yeah, it's called like the Veiled... Is, the veil, is it called the Veiled Prophet? Something weird like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, what is with these actresses playing roles about cults and then being in cults in real life? Are we talking yeah, about... Um, what's her chops? Um, Heather Moss... That's who I'm thinking of. Is she, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Moss. That's what it is. She's in, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. She's a Scientologist. Blessed be the fruit. Oh, indeed. Under his eye. Um, yeah. May the Lord open. I was watching, I watched a movie the other day and it really upset me. It was um, Ma, have you seen it? Starring Octavia Spencer. Oh my God. One of my favourite TikTok accounts is literally Kathy Bates and they are always talking about Ma. Yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah. to- Octavia Spencer in, right? Yeah, I mean, it's awful. It's I've crap. never seen it. I just know it from the TikTok account, literally Kathy Bates. Don't. Like... I, I, I watched it. It's not great. But it had Juliette Lewis in it and I was like, do you know what? I fucking love Juliette Lewis. And I was like, oh, wait. She's a Scientologist. Yeah, Juliette Lewis is, yeah. I get sad. I get sad. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know who that is. Juliet Lewis. Lewis. You know who Juliet Lewis is. She was in Natural Born Killers. She's in loads of loads oh. of movies. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, she's in The Other Sister. Uh, what mm-hmm. a classic. She's in From Dust Till Dawn and she says my favourite line in a movie ever. Do you want to hear Which it? Is? Yeah, hey, what is it? Hey, Reggie. Will you do me a favor and eat my pussy for me? Oh, Sorry. God. Sorry. I, to, I just oh love it. Oh, my God. It. Ironically enough, that's how 90% of my relationships start. Oh, my God. <laughs> Perfection. Well, there you go. It's kind, we're kindred spirits. Full circle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Emily, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know about this, but have you heard about this new, sh- new spin-off from Real Housewives starring, no, Lisa, starring Lisa Vanderpump? 
Sorry, what? Starring Lisa Vanderpump, and it's called Vanderpump Dogs. Oh, they were going to be doing this for ages. Fucking Vanderpump Dogs. And who's it got in it? It's going to have that bloody bloke in it. What's his bloody name? Because they started up all that drama about um, Teddy Mellencamp and the dog and the dog that Dorit gave away. Anyway. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read into it. I, I didn't read that much into it. All I saw was Vanderpump and Dogs. So I was like, it's obviously about Lisa Vanderpump. They've basically dog. been planning it for ages. I mean, ever since Lisa Vanderpump got her new teeth, basically. They've just been... Yeah. Waiting, waiting, uh, waiting for an opportunity to show them off. Are you are you excited about Vanderpump Dogs? I will not watch it. Pourquoi? That's a liar. That's a liar. You definitely will. I hundred percent. I hundred percent will. I just. I don't want a fucking Vanderpump Dogs. I want another season of Vanderpump Rules. Mm. Now I know all of the cast members are absolute trash, <laughs> and I know half of them got cancelled last year. But mm. I still mm. want that show. I know. What is I... this a spin-off like Desperate Housewives or something? What is it? No, Real, Real Housewives. Real Housewives. Oh, Lisa Vanderpump wanna... was on Lisa Vanderpump was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She was also on had a other show called Vanderpump Rules and she owns like a dog rescue center in Los Angeles. Um and oh, now I... they're doing a spin-off thing. Oh my god, I literally thought it was just about her pet dogs. No, she's got a. <laughs> she literally has a shop called Vanderpump Dog. Oh, okay. And it's going to be like about the staff that works there and stuff. Well, that serves me right for not doing my research and just reading a headline and being like, oh my exactly, god. Exactly, exactly. Terrible. Terrible. Um, do you want to know a really interesting statistic about The Real Housewives? Go on. Then. Go on. So it turns out. I am the only American ever who's never seen a single episode. Ever. 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 Yeah. I'm the only one. That's insane. The single only one. Yeah. Wow. Not even Real Housewives it's... of New York. You're missing out. No. Beverly Real Hills Housewives... is the best and the new season's phenomenal. Real Housewives in America is like the Harry Potter phenomenon like in the 90s. Like everyone in America has watched it. It's... Can... Can we just can we discuss Harry Potter a little bit, just real quickly, right? Real quickly. Must we? Of course, of course we can. How do we feel about people that still love Harry Potter, even though J.K. Rowling is a vile transphobe? I think you uh. can separate the the stories and what they mean meant to people when they read them from the person that wrote them. I guess so, but I think it just that's it's kind of like still listening to Gary Glitter's music. Do you know who Gary yeah, Glitter but then is? Do you, but then do you? Yes, yeah, yeah. But then do you? Um, feel the same way about Michael Jackson. You never yeah, I don't to listen Brie. to Michael Jackson anymore. Well, you're never going to listen to Thriller in it again. No, I, to I Young literally, thing. I have a disco. You know, I loved. You know, I love disco music in Pretty Young Thing. Inappropriate. You know, I. Ha- you know, I. <laughs> you know, I have a. Di- you know, I love disco. I have like a playlist that's like 28 hours of disco. I went. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and every time a Michael Jackson song or the Jackson Five song came on, I was like, ugh, and skipped it. Yeah, but then, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm, I am I am not prepared to let go of the entire genre of 70s classic rock. That's what I would have to do if I'm going this far. Because, like, literally the majority of them, like, every single fucking month, Fleetwood Mac, pedos. Why are Fleetwood Mac pedophiles? I'm sure that they yeah, bashed why? around with underage people. What? Well, not Stevie, that's a, never. That's a, no, you're not. That's a staunchy accusation to make about my Fleetwood Mac. I think someone needs to say allegedly so she doesn't get what sued. Kind of, what kind of podcast is this? Wow. It's unacceptable. Um, Do you know what? I'm I might, I might be wrong about Fleetwood Mac. I think you should probably, I you think are, you should apologise to wrong. every listener now. I think I'll probably edit that out. Yeah, I think you probably will. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my thoughts on the Harry Potter stuff is yeah. that you can't unread the series, obviously, no. No. but you can stop 
like buying merchandise mm. or like rebuying the books like yeah. out of support and like my wife who's really big on harry potter and also mm. a super fan fiction nerd has made the argument that jk rowling like wrote the series technically but the fans took it over from her and as long as no one pockets like like puts cash in her pockets then like it's not our responsibility like yeah she's canceled she'll never like have clout again mm. and that's all there is to it yeah, yeah true i i i think it's a, I, I a very good point i just always see like there are so many gay men that have like harry potter tattoos and i'm just like no but then i'm oh, a gay yeah yeah i'm a gay man that's about to get a, a second madonna tattoo so i you know there's no real accounting for taste it's like honest. it's kind of like morrissey as well you know it's like you know the smiths still slap a lot mm. of morrissey's music is really fucking good mm. but it's like mm, I don't know. Like he's not a good person. We no, all know that. No. Like I no, like yeah. you, Emily. When the, when Call Me by Your Name came out, you were like obsessed with it, right? Mm. But now Army Hammer eats people, allegedly. Mm. Um, <laughs> do you still watch it in the same light, or do you think he's grooming Timothy Chalamet for a nice dinner? I and haven't watched. Nice I haven't. Wa- I haven't watched it post al- post allegations. Oh, good lord! Anyway, we waffled on for so much. I was going to talk about how each member of the Friends reunion got two point five million pounds, even though we're in a pandemic and there are people dying all over the world. But I won't go into that. <laughs> or, can we, or can we talk about how Grimes thinks that um, fucking AI is going to bring around luxury automated communism, even though communism means having the means uh, and owning the means of production. But her fucking billionaire Monopoly man husband is going to be the one owning the means of production. I literally have no clue about what any of those words were. <laughs> yeah, can you speak American, please? Oh um, like, like, it's just Grimes, like AI Grimes on point, TikTok. Like... Grimes on TikTok was going off about how her communist friends are against AI, but apparently AI is going to make bring like the communist utopia, basically. But she's but she's married mm. to the Monopoly man. I mean, I think the oh. most important. I think the most important question is why the fuck are you following Grimes on TikTok? I'm not. It just came up on my <laughs> FYP. Liar! You love a bit of Grimes. I don't love Grimes so. Ooh, that I'll... is like some good investigative journalism right there, mm, Martin. Mm, yeah. yeah. Is I'm it really Martin good. or Martine? Martin. Martin. But you can go Martin. 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 That, that, was a, that was a great insight there to Martin. Martin. <laughs> Martine McCutcheon. You probably won't get that because she's a, you know, British icon. She played Tiffany in EastEnders. Again, I'm sure you don't understand a word I'm saying, Sammy. Yeah, <laughs> we don't learn about like the UK at all. Um, Even EastEnders? <laughs> no, God, no. We don't. We, no, if it's not America, no. we're not talking about it. Like even the Revolutionary War is like no, no yeah. British. Number one, baby. Well, I think we've done enough yapping. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sammy's come on the podcast kindly to tell us all about the Jean Benet Ramsey case. Now, I am not incredibly familiar with the Jean Benet Ramsey case. I know that she was murdered, but I. I'm not sure about the details around it and I'm not 100% certain on like the theories. I don't have my own theory. So Sammy's going to tell us about like a bit of background on the case, what actually happened, like the things that we can like factually prove and then some of the um, most popular theories around mm-hmm. the case. Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. And that's what we're going to do. Um so Emily reached out to me because I have a podcast about JonBenet Ramsey. I'm not like some random person that she like messaged. Oh, yeah. 
Um, we did such a bad intro. <laughs> yeah, just like, Sammy's come yes. on to talk about yes. it. Sammy, Sammy. Sammy No Name is here. Uh, just, <laughs> a, just a random bloke in <laughs> Michigan. Um, yeah, so the reason I became obsessed with this case is that in 1996, there was like a missing child's case that like kind of rocked the United States at least. And I was only a few months younger than John Bonet Ramsey. So I, by the very, very first true crime story I ever like heard or like watched in real time was like the John Bonet Ramsey case. Mm. And I remember being like six years old and my mom just like in hysterics over it. Um, so let's get into like who John Bonet was. I'll do a, like a, a small background of her family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to unpack, but I also want to say, like, a massive trigger warning because this case, like, involves sexual abuse, violence. Mm-hmm. When I start to talk about, like, how the body was found, it's going to be a little bit um, graphic. So just, like, a heads up on that. Cool. So the story goes like this. So we have John Ramsey. He's, like, the successful businessman born in Nebraska, raised in Michigan, um, he was actually raised in Okemos, Michigan, which is like five minutes away from where my wife is from. Okay. Um, and he was one of those people who was like a born leader. He got into like computer software at the like height of the internet bubble in, in the 90s. He was married before he met Patsy Ramsey and had two kids, Melinda and John. Um, also, just so you guys know, by the end of this, he has two kids named after him, and I think it's weird. Two? Really? Yeah, because John Bonet is short for John Bennett Ramsey, and then John Andrew, his oldest son, was also named after him. So you have John Andrew Ramsey and Melinda Ramsey, and before, like... Patsy and everything so he had this other family and then he meets Patsy Ramsey who's like 10 years his like not not senior she's 10 years younger than him Mm. um of course she was like his assistant you know as it goes and yeah yeah and he leaves his wife and gets with Patsy Ramsey and Patsy was from West Virginia like small town southern bell she Mm was very very intelligent she Mm. had like a degree in journalism she was also a pageant winner you know things like that yeah so people compared them to jfk and jackie o Mm -hmm. of being like he's this like you know up and up again business dude he's gonna be a millionaire one day she's a southern belle Mm. so they get together and john's daughter melinda dies in a car accident Right. right and devastation ensues like yeah. john is like horribly depressed so then they have the two of them have burke ramsey and then a couple years later they have john benet ramsey so once john benet is born john they're living in georgia john is getting this like hella cool deal where he's like combining his business with another company to make a company called access graphics it's a software company, and the family moves to Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. The important thing to understand about Boulder, Colorado immediately during the 90s is that this place was notoriously low in crime mm-hmm. and was also 
kind of like known to be a racist town at mm. the time right it was like yeah it was kind of supposed to be this like american utopia yeah. where like mm. up and coming white people could like network together mm. so he gets access graphics john benet and burke are like living their best lives they have like so much money john benet gets into the pageants when she's like three years old her mom is like obsessed with it. One of the reasons this case becomes so sensationalized is like the rumors surrounding the pageants. Um, so either way, like all that's going on, but Burke Ramsey, like all like had some issues like growing up. Like he was struggling. He would like act out a lot. At one point, he hit John Bonet with a golf club. Oh, um, and Patsy Ramsey ran her to the hospital to a plastic surgeon. So like not right. to like a doctor first, just immediately to a plastic surgeon. Because oh. she was um, she was I guess their cash cow for the pageants yeah mm. and you know yeah well she like didn't really bring money and i mean these oh. pageants the way this like case made it sound was that like she was this international like pageantry person but she wasn't mm. it was actually like just really in colorado oh, okay. but it's the it's the status behind the pageants right, okay. yeah like yeah. the clout yes absolutely yeah. and that you know that kind of clout is what got Patsy Ramsey, like, to college. She got, like, scholarships through pageants. Mm. Right. She became, like, a self-made woman through pageants. It's, like, this big obsession. Yeah. Um, so, here we go into, like, what happened here, though. On December 25th, so it's Christmas, 1996, the Ramseys, the whole family, goes to a Christmas party at their friend Fleet White and Priscilla White. Remember those names because they will come back later. Okay. So they I'm go literally to this, like, writing Christmas them down party. just so I can remember. <laughs> yes. Fleet, White, and Priscilla White. Okay, cool. Um, so the Ramseys go to their Christmas party. Everything's going great. There's this, like, infamous photo that, um, from the party of them, like, sitting like a family and, like, whatever. They leave the party around 8.30 p.m. And they go around to their different friend's house to leave presents for them and their kids, like, on the porch, which I guess is a thing that people did, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and then they come home around 9 o'clock, and they put the the kids to bed around 10 o'clock p.m. The next day, December 26th, they were all going to wake up early to get on their private jet to Damn, go to Michigan. so they were, they were like, well off. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well off. By this point, by 1996, John's company was hitting their $1 billion mark. Wow. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And he was the CEO. So, right. yeah, they, they were millionaires. Mm. The house they lived in, and this is important, was a three-story house that was like 7,000 square feet. Wow. Um, it was absolutely huge. Mm. So this is how the story goes. Patsy Ramsey wakes up the next day. It's December 26th. She said that she wakes up at 5 a.m. And when she went downstairs to go make coffee, she saw a three-page letter on her stairs. And she claims that she bent down. She didn't pick it up, but that she bent down to read it and saw the words, Mr. Ramsey, we have your daughter. And... She claims that she ran upstairs and John Bonet was not in her bed and that she called John. She started screaming for John to come. He also went downstairs, like squatted down to read the notes. Um, and then they called the police at 5.52 a.m. 
Okay. And so they call the police. And if if you want to listen to the 911 call, it's, it's so wild. She's like, we have a kidnapping. Like, it's all muffled. It's all crazy. Police. What's going on? 515 Street. What's going on there, ma'am? We have a kidnapping. Hurry, please. Explain to me what's going on, okay? There, we have a... There's a note left and our daughter's gone. A note was left and your daughter is yes. gone? How old is your daughter? She's six years old. She's blonde. Six years old. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just found the note. And my daughter's gone. Does it say who took her? What? Does it say who took her? I don't know. It's, there's, a, there's a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? It says FBTC. Victory. Please. Okay, what's your name? Are you Kathy Ramsey? I'm the mother. Oh my God! Please. I'm okay. I'm sending an officer over. Okay. Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please, we just got out and she's right here. Oh my God! Please. Okay. Please, well, somebody. I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath. Please. Hurry, okay. hurry, hurry. Kathy. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. But then she gets off the phone with the police and starts calling her friends. So she calls Fleet and Priscilla White, mm-hmm. the names I had you guys remember. Mm-hmm. And she calls Barbara and John Fernie, her other other friends, and invite them over to the house. What? Why? Yes. So the That's police so get weird. there at 5.57 a.m. The first police uh, get up there. And a minute later, their friends start coming over. Mm. So by around 6.10 a.m., there are five police officers Four of the Ramsey friends, and then by seven o'clock, her priest comes as well. Right. But and the police are there. Yes, and so the, the thing. Oh, go ahead. Go. Well, I, I was going to say, like, aren't they trying to like secure? Aren't they supposed to secure the house? Because obviously, if she's been kidnapped out of the house, then they need to like secure the house, do like fingerprints and and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, yeah. from from watching several a true crime documentary, um, it's small town America in the nineties, so it doesn't surprise me that the friends around and you know the it, the priest is coming and everything, you know. Yeah, but it's but it but it's okay. It's not surprising that they would invite them, but it's surprising that the police would allow that scene to be contaminated by that many people being I, allowed in the property. I don't know. I, I it. For a lot of documentaries and a lot of stories I've watched in in the smaller towns and and places like that where, where, when it's a police force that's not used to dealing with such crimes like these like kidnapping um, mm. they're not as well equipped I mean I could be wrong but from what I've seen it, 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 it can happen hmm. yeah you're both technically right so Detective Steve Thomas he's the one who ends up taking this investigation mm. Um, in his book and in his police notes, he was talking about how it's Christmas time in Boulder, Colorado, and those who have seniority at the police station were able to take time off like for the holidays, and mm. those who were newer had to stay and work. And I... so no one that showed up at the house that night was like a detective. They were all mm. like beat cops. They're mm. the same people that are like directing traffic. Right. Yeah. Um, so and the, none the of them... protocols aren't necessarily going to be followed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and according to Steve Thomas, the protocol is when dealing with a kidnapping case, you remove everyone from the house, including the family. Mm-hmm. You take the family down to the police station to be watched after. Mm-hmm. And you show up in an unmarked car so that they don't know that there's a police presence there. And you secure the household and then, like, do what you need to do, essentially. Yeah. None right. of that happened. And I got to be honest with you, this is only going to get worse. Mm. Okay. So they don't secure the house whatsoever. You have all these people coming. And they two victim advocates arrive. And the p- purpose of two victim advocates is to help console the family, like make sure they're drinking water, making sure they don't like mm-hmm. run into a panic attack or do something crazy. Instead, these victim advocates came in and... You know, Patsy Ramsey wasn't ready to be consoled, and so they started cleaning the kitchen. <gasps> That's bad. It's wild. And mm. they don't know it yet, like the police and stuff, but the kitchen is actually, like, a very important part of the crime. Oh. Right. Um, so they start cleaning the kitchen, and then Fleet White, so I told you to remember his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He comes to the house and like in very good nature is like looking around the house everywhere okay Mm. and he you know notices that there's a broken window in the basement and like runs up to tell everybody and john ramsey is like i actually broke that window you know a few months ago because i locked myself out and he's like okay um so just just to amplify that he's running around this house and like other people are looking around so like the crime scene is completely yeah damaged Mm. at this point Mm. um so they're waiting around for like a ransom call is like what's happening yeah Mm -hmm. and everyone is freaking out well at one point and this is found in the police records john ramsey goes unaccounted for for two hours so for what? two hours How? yeah it's a huge house it's a seven thousand mm-hmm. square foot house and for two hours the police cannot find john ramsey no crazy. one knows where he is i know it's insane especially when you think about it like from a detective standpoint like you don't know who could have taken this, no, this you... like this mm-hmm. child so yeah. like mm-hmm. their friends could have taken them like yeah. The father could have taken them. Like, no one should have been in that house. Yeah. No, definitely not. I mean, surely they would, as a detective, you would think everyone's a suspect, right? Exactly. Yes. So to you let... Cordoned well... off the whole, you cordoned off the whole damn house. Exactly. You cordoned off the whole damn house. Everybody would be outside, and it'd just be the cops that are inside. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the detect- detectives around 7 o'clock a.m. are like, we need to go talk to Burke Ramsey, because, like, if he saw anything or heard anything... And they went up and he was sleeping and they were like, oh, never mind. Like, we'll talk to him later. Um, nice. I would have woken him up. Yeah. I don't know why they let him sleep in there. But then at nine o'clock a.m., the Ramses ushered Burke out the door into like their friend's house so that he wouldn't be around. Um, so things are going really slow. No ransom call is made. And then at approximately one o'clock p.m., Linda Arndt, she's one of the police officers at the scene, Mm. tells John Ramsey, who is, like, very visibly anxious, to go, like, look anywhere, like, search the house top and bottom for her to, like, give him something to do. Mm. And so he and his friend, Fleet White, go to the basement, and John goes directly to this, like, hidden door in the basement. So, like, their basement is, like, huge. It's the same size of, like, the, like, main part of the house. Yeah. And... 
when you go into this like back room, there's like this other smaller door that looks like a utility closet, mm -hmm. but it actually goes into a wine cellar. And John opens the door, and there is the body of John Benet Ramsey. Right. Yeah. To put an emphasis on like how hard it is to find this room, their maid of six years didn't know that room existed. Oh my god! And he went straight for it. He went straight to it, and right. he went into the room, picked up her body. <sighs> And took off the duct tape that was across her mouth. So he, when he gets in there, and this is the trigger warning that I was warning everyone about. Mm. When he sees her, she's on the ground. Her rigor mortis has set in. Her arms are over her head, bound like lightly together with neon cord or nylon cord. Mm. She has a piece of duct tape on her uh, mouth, and she's blue. Like she's like mm. cold to the touch, like she's gone. Yeah. So he picks her up and, like, puts her upstairs in front of everyone. And Patsy Ramsey sinks to the floor and she screams, God, you raised Lazarus, now raise my baby. What? Um, yes. That's so strange. That's Bizarre. a very strange thing to say. It, it, yes. It really is. And she puts her entire body over John Bonet. What are the police doing at this time? Panicking. Okay, so from what I understand about the police is that they, I think they kind of assumed that, like, there wasn't a real kidnapping. They probably just assumed that the little girl was, like, playing hide and seek or, mm. like, mm. messing with them. I don't think they, like, really understood that it was, like, a serious case. <clears throat> and Linda Arndt, she's one of the, she's, like, the, the main police officer that's there yeah. in interviews later stated that when John Ramsey brought John Bonet's body upstairs, she mentally counted how many bullets that she had in her gun because she was convinced that she was going to have to shoot him at some point. Oh my God. The fuck? Sorry. So how old was John Bonet when she was murdered? I just want to. Six years old. Oh. Yep. She oh. was six years old and you know, everyone is like obviously devastated mm. and um, for the for months afterwards. So one of the, the creepy things I find about this is when they found John Bonet's body and Patsy was like sobbing and holding it. Yeah. John Ramsey called up his pilot and told him to get the plane ready because they want to go to Atlanta now. Oh. And the police were like, you can't leave the state. Like, this is an active, like, murder investigation now. And yeah, he, like, got all hell? weird. Um, So, obviously, like, you know, the Ramseys leave their house and they go to their friend's house. The coroner comes. Um, and the, the biggest mistake the police made above everything was they should have taken John and Patsy to the station mm. right then and there, separated them, and interviewed them. Because... What we would, would learn to find out is that the police didn't get to formally interview them until eight months later. Ridiculous. That's crazy. That's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, that's why people always talk about, like, the privilege of this case. Because, yeah. like, this family who had money was, like, able to buy their way out of, like, interviews. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, essentially, what had happened was... Af directly after they left the house, John Ramsey called up a team of lawyers, and they are known as Team Ramsey, where mm -hmm. he got his own lawyer, 
Patsy Ramsey got her own lawyer, and then they had a PR team that would set up their, like, interviews on TV and stuff like that. Oh, my God. So, they, so yeah, they, yeah, we're talking, like, extremely privileged family <laughs> who kind of, they, yeah. they, they're already aware of how it's going to look. Mm. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, why would you hire a PR team? Exactly. Mm. They had, yeah, it was Team Ramsey, and these lawyers were, like, congressional lawyers. Like, they right. are, like, the top of the line, and, like, basically from the moment the Ramseys left that house, like, and they had a wall of lawyers around them, the police couldn't touch them. Like, mm. the police were not allowed to get warrants for phone records, for credit card records, like, any basic, like, investigative tool, and mm. instead the Team Ramsey lawyers would send them hundreds of, like, suspects, of, like, a week to, like, m- make them look into, like, all of these random people. To kind of, to take their mind off of the Ramseys, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And then... But they didn't, they, tell me they didn't fall for that and they were still kind of, you know, looking at Oh, looking at no. Them. The detectives wanted to focus mostly on the Ramses. Mm, they had okay. already cleared so many suspects that like right. the only suspects they weren't able to clear were the Ramses. Right. And um before we get into theories, because I, I obviously have to keep this much shorter because this case is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go into the evidence a little bit okay. and like what the police were talking about. So the biggest And if evidence... anybody and if anybody wants to listen to like in detail, go listen to Sammy's podcast called Listen Carefully. Yeah. Yes. Um, my favorite project, like, ever. Uh, because finally I could just talk for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) (laughs) No one can roll their eyes at me. No one can tell me to (laughs) shut up. Like... Love that. Yeah, love that for me. Um, okay, so the key... So the evidence in this case is, like, really scarce because so much, like, is circumstantial or so much of it was like fucked up due to like victim advocates cleaning or people yeah. walking mm-hmm. around the house. Um, so the, the only concrete evidence is one is, I guess I should talk about how she died too. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it. Is so the, the biggest piece of evidence is the ransom letter. So the mm-hmm. ransom letter, at least in the state of Colorado is the longest ransom hit letter in like the history of Colorado. Three it pages is it's a bit of a whopper. Wow. Yes, three pages. And it is a very, very wild, weird letter that I would like to read you both because I think it is important um, to understand, like, why this case is so crazy. Yeah, Gone. absolutely. Go for it. Um, uh, I should have pulled it up before I... I was, I was like, <laughs> writing checks my mouth could not cast. <laughs> <laughs> you would think I'd actually know it by heart by now. I have the first page memorized, but... Okay, ready? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. This time, uh, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your bank account. 100000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. 
When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we... I know, right? That's like so weird. Uh, if we monitor you getting the money early, we might call for an earlier uh, delivery of the money and hence earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviate, any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but we are war- But be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement counterparts and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart smart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. That's my favorite line, the whole thing. <laughs> you are not the only fat cat around, so don't think oh you God. will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you. Victory. S-B-T-C. S-B-T-C? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't actually think the S-B-T-C mean anything. Um, I mean... First, the first red flag in that letter for me was that one hundred eighteen thousand. Yeah, it's very specific. So specific, like especially for multimillionaires. Well, the fun fact yeah. about that is one hundred eighteen thousand dollars is the exact amount that John got as a Christmas bonus that year. Right. Wow. Which don't get don't get me started on like how one hundred eighteen thousand dollars is like not enough to ask for like a multimillionaire like, and it's all just insane. So the biggest clue, the biggest one is they're like, if we can figure out who wrote the ransom note, we like figured out who killed her, right? Mm-hmm. Like easy peasy lemon squeezy. They so the ransom note came from Patsy Ramsey's notebook. They also saw that there were indents in the notebook where the original letter said Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey, Mm. but then Mm. was torn out. Um, The pen was also used, like, it was one of Patsy Ramsey's pens. Um, And there were, like, 20 pages of this notebook, like, ripped out. So there could be up to 20 copies of this letter. Mm. Or, like, 20 different, like, they've tried to write it 20 times, and then just this is the one that they've done. What the hell? Did it? Do people think that it was Patsy Ramsey that wrote it? So that's the most common theory, and the reasoning right. for that is because one, they did like a test that where they rewrote the letter several times, and it took at least fifteen minutes per draft. Mm-hmm. So who has that like kind of time to like mm-hmm. chill in someone's house unless yeah. they like killed John Bonet before that, which right. messes up the timeline of events. Mm. Um, what about handwriting? Okay, so they took 
67 handwriting samples from like 60, 67 different suspects. Mm. Right. The only person that they could not rule out was Patsy Ramsey. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um, but here's the thing about handwriting analysis, and you'll hear a lot of people argue the validity of it, obviously, mm. but people who do handwriting analysis can never say like this is 100% the person who wrote it. Yeah. yeah. They have to either rule them out or not be able to rule them out. Yeah. And so this became such a big part of the case because the Ramseys, like the team Ramsey, had hired their own handwriting analysis experts, but even they couldn't discount Patsy Ramsey. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's so anyone who like thinks it was like an inside job from the family, like this is one of the biggest reasons that they claim is that the handwriting was so similar. It came from her notebook. It was a very long feminine like style handwriting like men tend to be more straight like to the point and women tend to be like this is why i feel the way i do and this is the thing you know also she used the they use the word attache yes that doesn't scream man to me just just saying i don't even know what an attache is but it sounds fancy it is yeah an attache is basically a briefcase like it's just like something to carry other things in so yeah a a man would just say bring a bag right if if they were to say bring it bring anything yeah like i feel like uh like i feel like if this if this was a real kidnapping or at least like was a gonna be a kidnapping it would be like straight to the point it'd be like Mm. i have your daughter i want one hundred eighteen thousand dollars delivered to me at this time or like wait for my instructions you know what i mean Mm. um Another big piece of evidence in all of this is the pineapple. So I don't know if you guys have heard about Now you say it, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So this is the part of of this where I'm going to talk about what was the cause of death. Mm. And again, trigger warning because it's so sad and so violent. So in the autopsy, which I have looked at several times and had a coroner um, tell me what it meant. So the, the, her ca- the cause of death was strangulation. So around her neck, when they found her body, there was a garrote around her neck. Oh. Do you know what a garrote is? It's, like a like it's a like a barbed thing, isn't it? So a garrote is like a sailing tool usually, but it's essentially like you have a piece of wood or anything, and you tie like a rope around it, and you put it around something, and you tighten it. So you right. like twist it to like make it hold something. You oh, don't yeah. just like mm. yeah. So a garrote was made out of one of Patsy Ramsey's um, paint brushes and nylon cord, and so it was death by asphyxiation. And she also had a head wound, where something she was clearly like hit in the head. Um, it didn't bleed because it cracked the skull, but it didn't crack the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has like lesions on her head that they know was like after the strangulation because there were no white blood cells present. So like nothing came to rush to the injury. Mm. Right. Um, and yeah. And there was like small ligature marks like around her wrists for like the nylon cord. Mm. But the biggest reveal in the autopsy is that she had undigested pineapple in her stomach. And the reason that this is important is that pineapple directly puts a wrench in the Ramsey timeline of when they got home and when the kids went to bed. 
Right. So Fleet White and Priscilla White has stated over and over again that they've never had pineapple at their parties. Like, no variation of pineapple. So we mm-hmm. know that John Bonet didn't eat the pineapple then. Right. When asked the Ramses if they had given her pineapple, they adamantly refused, even though police found a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table that had milk in it and a glass of iced tea next to it. And the only fingerprints on the bowl were Patsy Ramsey and Burke Ramsey's. And the only Mm. fingerprints on the glass was Burke Ramsey. Oh, my God. And then all we know is that John Bonet had, like, pineapple in her system. So Mm. clearly she had pineapple. But the Ramseys, to this day, adamantly refused to say that she had any pineapple that night. Mostly because had she had pineapple at, like, 8 p.m., for example, it would have been digested. Mm. Because pineapple is pure acid and so is your stomach. So it would have dissolved, like, very, very quickly. So they know that she died very quickly after eating pineapple. Right. So they're like, oh, no, definitely. She definitely didn't. Because if she had eaten pineapple with them, if they had said that she'd eaten pineapple, it would mean that they were very, like, close to her or, like, with her around the time of her death. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And they have always stated that they were asleep the whole night, didn't hear anything. Which is, like, also, like, I used to think that was suspicious, but then I realized, like, how big this fucking house is. Mm. Mm. And, like, John Bidet and Burke's room are on a totally separate floor mm-hmm. right. than, like, Patsy and John, so I'll give them that one. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk theories, because it's the best. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm going to start with, like, the least likely, which are the conspiracy theories. Katy Perry. Katie Perry. So obviously, conspiracy theory number one is that John Bonet never actually died that night, but was stolen by Hollywood um, mm-hmm. to create uh, an industry plant known as Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I give this about a twelve out of ten. Like I one hundred percent think that that solves it. I literally, yeah. um, I have never wanted. So- I've never wanted something to be so true in all my life. Like honestly, well, and I think that like I think Katy Perry like also likes pineapple, so like all checks oh, out. There you go. Absolutely, yeah, he's, that's it. Out. Smoking gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We might as well wrap yeah. up now. Okay, bye guys. Thanks for <laughs> yeah, listening. That, thank you so much for having me. Like all of this was like. <laughs> All of this was really just to like create the song Hot and Cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um, so thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, go listen to Listen Carefully podcast mm-hmm. for more information. Also, don't forget to stream Katy Perry's new album. I'm kidding. She doesn't have a new album out. <laughs> no one cares. Sorry, carry go on. on. Next yeah, theory. That's fair. Okay, so theory number two is that John Bonet was a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, and oh, what's that woman's name? Jelaine, Jelaine Maxwell. Maxwell. Jelaine Maxwell. And I was going became... off about them earlier on. Oh my god, dude. I I hate sometimes I really hate when like new conspiracy theories come out about the John Bonet case because anyone with like a, a general knowledge of it can like mm. debunk it immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this theory circulated once she was um, arrested for being disgusting. Yeah. And people said that there is a picture of her with John Bonet Ramsey. And as someone who knows what the Ramseys look like better than i know what my own family looks like the person in the picture was patsy ramsey was not uh jesseline maxwell or whatever it's very clearly patsy ramsey All right. Right. um and i have to emphasize this right now but like 
John Bonet wasn't a famous pageant queen. Like mm-hmm. nobody knew about the pageants until she was already dead because it's the 90s and everybody wants to be like oh my god they put makeup on her so obviously men across the world couldn't handle themselves and had to like traffic her immediately that wasn't the case nobody knew who she was nobody knew who the ramses were like um so i give that theory like a negative 70 Mm -hmm. out of 10. it's wild that some people believe that though um, there is someone, my third theory is there is someone on TikTok who claims that they are John Bonet Ramsey and that oh Matthew gosh. McConaughey um, trafficked her what? and broke into the house. What? Um, Not Matthew McConaughey! Matthew McConaughey. Um, I give How this do I find theory, this person? I, I'll, I'll uh, send you the at after this. Please do. Um, I give this theory a 25 out of 10. I Love like. It. You know, finally someone came out and told us what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, <laughs> you know, McConaughey. and there's us well, just you know, thinking Matthew just plays bongos on the beach, but no, exactly. right? Like, I failure to launch was oh. really just about the John Bonet case. Like, I actually love that know. movie. I'm not even gonna lie. I think that's of a great movie. Okay, I do too. It's a guilty pleasure, and I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. That's I will fine. not elaborate. Okay. Outside of Grease 2, <gasps> masterpiece. Oh my god, no, please. Please. Grease 2 is one of my favorite movies Dude, ever. shut up. Okay, Michelle Pfeiffer straddling a ladder Stunning. forced me to become a homosexual. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. I was like a heterosexual female mm-hmm. who had like no gay thoughts at all. Yeah. And that forced me to be like a queer boy. Like, I... Yeah. I had, I like, I identify as a cool writer now, and oh my God, like, 100%. I will not elaborate on that further. <laughs> can I, can I just say one thing, right? Just a quick sidebar mm-hmm. about Grease too. It shouldn't be viewed as a sequel to Grease. It should be viewed as a standalone movie, and it should have been called Cool Rider. That's oh. like, that's like when people compare the the British office to the US office, and you just have to say like they're two separate things. Mm. They're just you two know, separate entities. The inspiration Grease. is the same, but it's two separate entities. I mean, Grease two stars Liza Minnelli's sister judy garland's daughter lorna luft Come i was on. gonna say what are you saying like, <laughs> i i think that it really got like bad press i think it's a flawless movie through Me too. and through i agree it has way more fuckable characters oh it's like i'm bringing you back to jean benet ramsey theories now oh Just, sorry sorry okay sorry, 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 sorry. sorry, sorry. okay so let me get into like let me get into legitimate theories. Okay, so on. the first big theory that became popular in 2008 is called the intruder theory. Mm-hmm. This theory has basically taken the narrative of the case because prior to 2008, everyone was very convinced that the family had something to do with it. Um, but then Mary Lacey, the new district attorney of Colorado in 2008, um, publicly cleared the Ramses due to a faulty t- DNA results. Um, I'm not going to go too into the DNA because it makes my head explode, but essentially, Mm. like, they found DNA on her that it was composite, like a mixture of, like, small bits of DNA that could be from, Mm -hmm. it's touch DNA, it could be from anything. Mm -hmm. Mary Lacey, like, knew it wasn't, like, valid and not permissible in court, Mm -hmm. but she cleared the Ramses anyway. Right. Right. It's also important to note that prior to this in 1998, they did a grand jury to see if the police had a big enough case to convict the Ramses, and the grand jury voted that they did, but the district attorney, Alex Hunter, said no and right. refused to go to trial, and he was best friends with the Ramsey lawyers. Shocking. Of course. Mm, bullshit. So bullshit. let's talk about the intruder theory. So 
Back in the 90s, the DA wanted to push the narrative of an intruder theory, so they brought in a detective named Detective Lou Smith, who was famous at the time for solving a murder from a girl who they thought the parents did it, but due to, like, new evidence, they found out that it was actually an intruder. So this is, like, right. what he does. Like, this mm. is what he's famous for. Right. So the DA calls him in specifically to look into the intruder theory. Right. And that's exactly what he did. The police department hated him. They would, like, beef with him a lot. He was notorious for, like, claiming, like, falsities. Like, he's the person who pushed the narrative that, like, all of the doors were unlocked that night. So someone could have just, like, walked in, which wasn't true. Mm. Um, all this other stuff. So Lou Smith, after the 2008 thing, partnered with ABC to make a series of documentaries outlining the intruder theory. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this episode and you know anything about John Bonet, I guarantee it's because you saw one of these documentaries. In one of them, they say that like a pedophile ring from like New England came and got her. Mm-hmm. And another one, they tried to push it on this person who struggled with like addiction problems who ended up killing himself. Um, and said that he did it, but there was, like, no proof. Um, so anything that you watch on ABC about John Bonet is, like, linked to Lou Schmidt. Right. So right. Don't, don't 100% believe it, basically. Exactly. And then Trudeau Theory goes as follows. Hmm. While the Ramses were at the Christmas party, an intruder broke into the house... And it's unclear where, but, you know, the basement is, like, what people think because the basement, like, window faced an alleyway. Right. So right. it's, like, the most, like, stealth. It's the stealthiest place you could break in. Mm-hmm. And the intruder, while the Ramseys were at the Christmas party, looked around the Ramseys' house, and they found the pay stubs from John Ramsey, which is why there's the $118,000. Right. And during this time, they wrote the letter like the ransom note, Mm -hmm. um, which is why they had so much time to write it and then hid under the bed of the guest bedroom and the guest bedroom window overlooked the garage. So you could easily see if someone's pulling up. So once they saw the Ramseys pull up, they stayed still under the bed, waited for everybody to fall asleep. And then they went into John Bonet's room. They hit her with a laser or a taser causing her to pass out They then took her body downstairs and tried to put her body into a suitcase to, like, leave with. But she obviously didn't fit in the suitcase because who would try to put a six-year-old in the suitcase is, like, beyond Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, When she... But she awokened and screamed and they panicked and, like, took the grot that they must have made while they were at the Christmas party, strangled her, and then hid her in the basement and ran away. So that's, like, the basics of the intruder theory. Right. Like, in order for the intruder theory to work, all of those things have to be true. Mm. However... It's plausible. It is plausible, but I think uh, Sammy's about to debunk that. Yeah. I am going to debunk <laughs> it with one fucking word. Pineapple. <gasps> pineapple. True. Yeah. Where in the intruder theory does the pineapple come in? Mm. Also... And again, trigger warning, in the autopsy, they have found that she had undergone sexual abuse prior to that night. So essentially, and this is going to get like a little graphic, but essentially they found that in the seven o'clock position, like 
up towards like the hymen area mm -hmm. there was bruising that could only be caused from penetration and to right. put this in like an understanding had she like been experimenting with like masturbation and stuff like that yeah. like her fingers wouldn't have been long enough to get to that area right the bruising was consistent with fingers like the size of it wouldn't be caused by like penile penetration right so the autopsy basically says that not only was she like like partly sexually abused that night but she was also sexually abused prior to that night oh, and they know right. that she was sexually abused that night due to bleeding of a broken hymen um on, on the on the vaginal wall and because there weren't enough white blood cells to the scene although there were some it's implied that the sexual abuse happened like moments before the like killing so this idea that an intruder panicked and panic killed her um doesn't make sense because there was that we know of like some sexual abuse that happened prior to her death mm -hmm. now some say that the person was sexually abusing her and then she woke up and screamed but then you have to kind of put common sense into it and be like well why would you sexually abuse her if you're like trying to kidnap her like you could do that later that yeah. seems really risky yeah um I personally, I won't, I don't ever say what I think the theory is. I do think I have, I do think I understand what happened that night. Um, but I can 100% say that there is nothing in the intruder theory that seems possible to me. Mm -hmm. Mostly because there were no like tread marks from tires anywhere nearby. This is a close knit community and this would have had to happen within like, like they, in order for this to have happened in the way for it to make sense the intruder would have had to like kill her by like 11 o'clock p.m for yeah. like rigor mortis and everything to kick in in the way right. that it did and like so that gives them one hour after the kids were like allegedly put down to sleep yeah. which seems like reaching am i saying it's like completely not possible no but do i think that there's enough evidence to convey that it happened no mm. right um okay so oh i'm sorry you were gonna say something it's just I I I don't know what to believe. Carry on. <laughs> it's so complicated. Well, the next three theories, and that's when I'll end. Is after these three are gonna make it more complicated for you. Okay, okay. The great. first mm -hmm. the first theory is by Stephen Thomas, the detective on it. He's never swayed from this theory. He's a hundred percent convinced that this is what happened. Stephen Thomas believes that Patsy Ramsey killed John Bonet that night, and what he thinks happened was that John Bonet had a bedwetting problem. Right. And, like, I guess, like, the I, what I did not know about this prior was, like, I guess, like, the psychology behind parents who, like, have kids with bedwetting problems is, be like, like, a lot of parents snap about it. Like, mm. they, like, go insane because they, like, cannot, they think it's, like, something the kid is doing on purpose. Yeah. And we had we know prior to this night that Patsy Ramsey had a severe issue with the fact that John Bonet would wet the bed. Right. Right. Um... And so the theory goes like this. They put John Bonet to bed around 10 p.m. after she has a bowl of pineapple with her brother Burke. And she quickly pees the bed after she's put to bed, or maybe even an hour later, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Patsy's like irate about it. Mm. Also, fun fact the John Bonet and Patsy had gotten into an argument like before the Christmas party. And I guess Bye. like Patsy was fuming with her. Mm. Um, 
I guess Patsy had like an issue whenever John Bonet wanted to act like a kid yeah. because she wanted right. her to be like a poised like pageant queen. Mm. Right. So John Bonet pees the bed again. Trigger warning. All of these, all of these theories are trigger warning. Um, and she grabs John Bonet, takes her into the bathroom, and like wipes her vagina mm-hmm. um, very hard. Because I right. guess that's also something that parents do mm. with this problem, which is what causes the bleeding to right. happen. Okay. Um, and when John Bonet puts up a fight, they think that she pushed her and her head hit the sink. Right. And then she quickly strangled her to make it look like it was something more than it was. Um, uh, but wouldn't Again, plausible. It's plausible. Well, is it though? Because I thought the head trauma happened after she was strangled. Exactly. So the other part of this theory is that John Bonet was fighting her, you know, yeah. kind of being like, I don't want to like be wiped or like mm. anything like that. And they think that Patsy grabbed her collar of her shirt, right. twisted it hard to like get her under control and didn't realize she was cutting off the oxygen to her brain. Right. Okay, that's more, yeah, that's more plausible. Yeah, that's pl- that is plausible. And that, and that the head injury came after and the rest of it was staging. So right. that was like the police department's like biggest theory was that mm-hmm. she took her by the shirt mm. tightened it mm. and didn't realize she was cutting off the oxygen yeah. and fun fact one of the reasons they think that is between the nylon cord around uh john Bonnet's neck and her skin there is fibers from patsy ramsey's outfit um which is an odd place for it to be mm. like if it's on her like cheek or on her like hands like whatever but it was directly between the cord and the neck and when police arrived the next day when she called them she was in the same outfit she was in the night before right okay so that's one of the things so that's like another theory i'm really fascinated about this theory it feels like there's something missing from it Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure what that is okay the next the next theory is john ramsey as the killer um, this was pushed by Surreal Wecht, who's like my favorite forensic pathologist ever. Mm-hmm. So, and his theory goes like this John was sexually abusing John Bonet, and it was consistent in that when Patsy Ramsey had cancer and was like spending weekends in Georgia for treatments, mm-hmm. that he was like sexually abusing John Bonet. Right. So they come home from the party. He stays up with them to put the toys together because that's what he said. Then feeds them pineapple, takes John Bonet into the wine cellar where it is rumored that the, the abuse could have taken place. And they think that he was trying to do autoerotic asphyxiation with her. Oh, gosh. And put like a rope around her neck for mm-hmm. that reason. Jesus and it, And she ended up dying. And that he panicked and, like, did the whole staging thing with Patsy's help. And obviously the biggest, like, point of contention with this is, like, would Patsy Ramsey help him if, like... Yeah. She found out he was, like, abusing their daughter and then killed her. Like, Mm. that seems kind of weird. It's also needed to be mentioned that a lot of experts think that Patsy Ramsey had Munchausen's by proxy. Oh, really? Right. 
because the Ramses refused to release medical records for John Bonet and Burke, but John Bonet had seen a doctor thirty seven times in two years. Wow. Um yeah. So that's that's theory number two, and Surreal Wacked like swears by it. He said that he's like seen it happen multiple times. The biggest like I don't know is Patsy helping. Yeah. The third theory, which is the most popular theory now outside of the intruder theory, mm-hmm. is that Burke Ramsey, the brother who was mm-hmm. eight years old at the time, and he and John Bonet had like a weird relationship. He often would defecate like in her bedroom oh and like God. smear it like <gasps> around. Mm-hmm. Um, he also like some believe shows signs of like being sexually abused as well. Oh really? Right. Because he had he like had, behavior issues. Obviously, he, yeah, he had really bad behavior issues. And if you look at his like um, interviews like with police and with child psychologists that they brought in he's like right. really blase about John Bonet dying mm. like he right. does like an impression of what he thinks happened and he's like laughing about it and like so people believe that Burke Ramsey was sitting at the table eating pineapple and that John Bonet came up stole a piece of pineapple and he hit her in the head with the flashlight and that the rest of the night was staging by the parents Obviously, the biggest, like, hole in this logic is... That she was strangled before she was hit in the head. Exactly. Um, I have my own theory. I don't know if I should say it or not. Um, I think I think you should say it and just say it's, you know, it's... it's there's nothing proven. You can't prove anything. It's just an opinion and it's just, um, you know, allegations. Okay, you know, you guys are getting, like, the exclusive ever, because I refused refused to say my theory on the Listen Carefully podcast, and I refused to say it on TikTok, but I'm going to say what my theory is. Can I just ask, why do you refuse to say it? Is there any reason behind it, or...? My biggest reason is that when we were doing Listen Carefully, we had vowed not to say it because the Ramseys have a tendency to sue people. (gasps) You're Um, telling me that now?! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well they they tend to sue when people give their own personal theories they don't tend to sue when people are just like talking about it yeah, yeah, yeah. um but the cbs documentary that came out in 2016 which mm. is excellent by the way yeah they that was sued out of production by burke ramsey and his lawyer lynn wood and if lynn wood sounds familiar to you he's the dude that just got arrested for um voting multiple times for Trump and he's a huge QAnon dude. Wow. Like, really? Yes. Lynn Wood. I mean, right. Here's what I think happens. Okay. I'm ready. So uh, during the investigation, the police found a dictionary in the Ramsey home that was dog-eared to the word incest. Right. I think that Burke Ramsey had been sexually abusing John Bonet. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the parents had walked in on it quite a few times. Right. Right. And I think that they tried really desperately to like get him help because we do know that Burke went to a therapist at a young age, but none right. of that like none of the records have been released for HIPAA violations. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think they knew it. I think the reason like John Bonet had such a chronic bedwetting issue was due to the anxiety induced by that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think he used to wipe his feces around her room as like this like defiant 
like mm-hmm. sexual thing. Yeah. Um, I and I'm not sure if Burke Ramsey was also sexually abused. That's like, you know, it could have been, could have not. Right. So I think he re- routinely sexually abused Jamonet. I don't think he quite knew what he was doing, like in the way that kids do. Yeah. I think that the two of them had pineapple together and they went downstairs to play with their toys. Mm-hmm. And I think she broke his train set. And the reason I think this is because on the side of her body, she has two marks um, two bruises that are identical to train tracks. Like they, the experts have like put up the same toy train track and it coincides with the bruises on her. Right. And I think, and downstairs was his train room and the wine cellar that they found the body in was directly across from his train room. Right. Right. So I think she accidentally broke a toy of his. He snapped, took her into the other room I think he tried to do the auto like asphyxiation thing that's real wet pointed out and ended up killing her. Mm-hmm. And I think that when he realized she was dead, he shook her because another thing that I forgot is in the autopsy, they saw a small hemorrhage in her brain due to shaking. Right. right. So I think he shook her because he thought she was fucking around. Mm-hmm. And while he shook her, she hit her head on yeah. the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, John and Patsy had heard the commotion, ran downstairs, realized what had happened and how much they covered up his sexual abuse of his sister. Mm. And they went into overdrive that night to, like, make it seem like an intruder came in. I think that they told Burke to go up to his room and pretend he would be asleep. Mm. And that's the reason they ushered him out immediately. Yeah. When, like, the police, like wanted to talk to him and they were like nope he's got to go bye Mm. um i don't think it was like the accident like the pineapple did i think burke had a lot of rage and i think the ramses knew that and i think he was sexually abusing her Mm. what do you think then about the guy um gary what's his name gary oliva oliva oh are you talking about um oh my god it's gary the one that admi- admitted to it? Yeah, the one that admitted it to it. Confessed. So, I we did a whole episode on, like, different suspects. It was Gary Olivia, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Gary Olivia is that he was a huge clout chaser who very often admitted to, like, killing people. Oh, right. Um, right. And he had turned himself into the police and they were all excited because they thought they finally had answers. But then they asked him about like what happened that night. And he said he shot her with a gun. Um, and then his ex wife and her family had to come down to the police station to be like, no, he was literally in a different state. Mm. Like we were with him. He's fucking lying. And he does this all the time. He also, he Lots also of people later do that, that when they're in jail. Lots of people oh, do yeah. that. They confess to random random crimes. Well, he also later confessed to, like, Elizabeth Smart. Like, even though she was alive. It was, like, a whole thing. Right, okay. Help us all. Can, so, I'm going to ask this question. Can we actually put that out on the podcast? Are you going to get in trouble if we put... Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If we put No, no, out? no. Go, go, go ahead and put it out. I've been, like, debating on talking about it anyway. Are you sure? All of I that is, like... Sued. 
No, I'm no I, obviously so. it's all theoretical. Um, I stopped caring about that as much because I've seen other creators and podcasters and stuff share their opinions. Right. Um, and I think the worst that would happen is a season and desist. But I don't right. actually think the Ramses care enough about me. <laughs> right. So just to reiterate, like if I didn't if I didn't get sued for listening carefully, which was like nine episodes of bashing them, like I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. So just to reiterate that that is an opinion and is not proven fact it's of an, course not just absolutely. to reiterate that but it's hella interesting and mm. it's i think the thing that's so interesting about jean bonnet ramsey is there are so many theories and like at this point apologies for the construction going on in the background um but at this point it's like it's kind of unprovable like the, yeah. the, the it's been so fudged up like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's absolutely like the crime scene everything all the evidence it's just decimated so that the the chances of anyone ever being convicted in it are slim to none yeah it's pretty known that this case will never be solved unless there's like a deathbed confession yeah um essentially especially since like the intruder theory took like popularity by storm 13 mm -hmm. years ago yeah um it's i just... think I'm it just, sucks <laughs> it just makes me like so sad like i know obviously all the stories you talk about are really sad but like mm. this like sitting here listening like there have been a few times when you've said stuff which i've it's just i've felt like emotional just because it's just like a little six-year-old girl it's it's fucking yeah. horrible it's awful yeah the, the, the things of... that she 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 may or may not have been subjected to are just yeah. awful that's and the, and the 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 thing that's worse is that nobody will ever know really. no exactly like, so she will basically always be known as this kind of like again not not urban legend that's not the word i'm looking for but this kind of like like, like massive true crime case yeah whereas culture. at the end of the day it's a six-year-old girl that was murdered like yeah exactly someone should um face justice for it because yeah, exactly. It's just, ugh, it's very, very, very horrible. Very, very sad. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sammy. Yeah, thank for, you so much. It's, it's for telling that, spinning that yarn. There's no yarn uh, being spun. That, that, and the worst part is that, like, that's like the bare minimum that I could talk about with that case because, like, mm. there's so much. No, to it's it. good, and I it's think really it, I, it it gave me is like a total kind of like beginner to Jean Benet Ramsey gave me quite a good overview but like mm -hmm. i said if look if you want more if you're listening to this and you want more um sammy has a great podcast and as we were talking about this i went on the reddit forum mm -hmm. um jean benet ramsey and somebody posted up 16 hours ago what is your favorite podcast on this case the best podcast and somebody put listen carefully and what? it's got three and it's got three upvotes and the person Can that made the post that said <laughs> said thank you i'm checking it out at the moment so sammy does have um, a Reddit verified excellent <laughs> podcast. On okay, there, so. I gotta be honest with you. I think I peaked in my career of podcasting <laughs> with Listen Carefully. It was like, <laughs> I felt like at the time that I was recording it, I was like, I'm just gonna like shout out my crazy like 
obsessive thoughts mm. and like nobody will listen and then I'll, I'll work on a better case later and then they got really popular and people were wearing like team sam shirts and, like, really? i love that i had like my like dms were blown up with people being like i'd like to listen carefully to you all night long I was like, what the fuck? well if anyone listening to this podcast would like to listen to me carefully all night long just know <laughs> just know that i snore really loudly and often fart in my sleep so now I think it's time after that to take a break. Absolutely. We, it, you know, I've chosen to take a break this week. And once again, I have fully researched it. Happy days. This is a light heart. It's a nice, it's a little short one. I've chosen a little short one just because I know that we'd be talking about uh, the case for quite a while. So mm-hmm. this one is called my killed by my cat in a previous life. Love it. So this is the story of Susanna Copelli, 57 of London. She says that when I put on my meditation CD, I expect to have a relaxing time. Instead, I had a past life flashback. Same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She says, I was a Christian woman trapped by the thick walls of the Colosseum in ancient Rome. Kill, kill, the crowds chanted. (laughs) A pack of lions closed <laughs> around me. I was paralysed with fear and I saw a massive male lion coming nearer. But rather than rip me to pieces, he sat on me and used his back leg to crush my windpipe. Oh my God, what a way oh to my go. Jesus Christ. I know. Yes, she died, but it was painless and quick. So, you know. Then the vision changed. It was the same lion running towards me, but he had become my cat, Jemima. Bloody hell, but like lion size. I don't know. She doesn't specify that, but that's terrifying. <laughs> if it I'm is. just going to okay, assume. Also, like, can anybody else relate to this? I feel like this is very relatable. Yeah, everyone's cat wants to kill them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always feel like I'm locked in a coliseum. Mm-hmm, with a cat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When people shouting, kill, cat, kill. Though. Anyway. Exactly. So she says, I believe the lion's soul reincarnated as Jemima so he could experience what it was like to lack power against a human. A kind of role reversal. And as a grown cat, Jemima refused to sit on my lap. She must have been scared of hurting me again. Wow. I don't think she was scared of hurting her. I just think she didn't like her. She's, yeah. yeah. But that wasn't all. Before the flashback, my nickname for her was Lioness of the Copelli House. I had no clue why I called her that, but now it made sense. That's a very lioness. That your nickname. That's not a nickname. It's not a nickname. It's not a nickname. Nickname okay, is like I, mittens like or something. Okay, but like dibs. Can you guys now only refer to me as the lioness of the Capelli House? All right, we gotta. We have to redo this entire podcast so that you can reintroduce me. And so you've been Katy Perry, you've been Sammy, and now you're lioness of the Capelli House. Yeah, yeah, everyone. It's like Game of Thrones. Like it's like it's like Khaleesi. Like I just have all these roles. Love that. So um, Susanna finishes the article saying, Sadly, Jemima has passed away, but I like to think that my kindness in this life repaid her good turn all those centuries ago in Rome. It's a very weird story. Isn't it just? Also, like, come on. I don't think I understand it. Ba- you don't, Basically, I'm just going to give you a, you know, basically she fought her, her cat, tried to kill her back in the Roman times. I think that she is not very mm. well. What, Susanna Capelli, 57 of London? I mean, everyone, like I said, everyone thinks their cat's trying to kill them in one way or another. 
Right. Oh, this is why I don't have a cat. This is why I don't have a cat. No, but at the end of the day, Matt. I have a cat right now that if she started like eating my face before I was even dead, it's like a one hundred percent thing that would happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus Absolutely. Christ! Absolutely, mm-hmm. I can see that happening. One hundred percent. What's your cat yeah. called? I have three right. because I'm a queer. Uh, me too. I have three. Oh, then yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, Emily, you none. seem really like yeah, Emily, you seem really like out of this. Do you want to like, like you know, go? I've got, and, like, I've got no. I've got no cat. I don't like. I don't really like cats. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, I'm allergic like, because well, I've got I've got allergies, so I'm allergic. Take a Claritin, come on. And they also yeah, just exactly. they scratch all the time, and they try and make bread on you, which is really annoying. <gasps> That's the yeah, best. best. I hate that because they get their nails in you, and it hurts. No, that is the best. The oh, best. Do you know gosh. what I love? I love the boop when they boop you with their nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Although what my, one of my cats, what he likes to do is... And their piss stinks as well. What, what one of my cats likes Your to do... Your piss stinks. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> piss stinks. It doesn't. It's clear. Uh, it's everyone drinks... Everyone, <laughs> everyone drinks ah, piss. That was oh a Freudian slip. Oh, I just outed myself as a piss kink. I've got a piss kink, guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't really. Well, is that it? Is that really? Is that really what you're gonna say? <laughs> is that you should have really... ended the podcast on that. Is that it? <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I was like looking forward to this for like weeks now. You're Thank- so um, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming. It's nice to have like a professional. Oh, I'm a professional. Have you listened to the other podcast? Oh it's God. terrible. No, you are professional. There's normally me like, well, she got this hammer and she was sitting him in the head, right, you know, and then she got him by the head and she dragged him to the leg. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas you're, you know. No, you, I love your guys' podcast. I listen to it um, every morning before work, like on the way to work. Thank you. What was your favorite, what was your favorite episode? I'm going to pick on spot. No, I'm kidding. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't have to say. Oh, let me think about that. I loved the Gypsy Rose one because obvious reasons. I just like love the Gypsy mm-hmm. Rose story. Yeah. Gypsy but I would actually have to say that I... I think the Selena one. <gasps> I love the Selena story. That's our I lowest actually, listened to episode. So really, I um I didn't know much about Selena oh, I love it. um at all. I guess I thought mm. I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Yolanda was like such a big part of her life. Like yeah, I man. thought it was a uh, more of like came into her life, killed her, and left. Like no. I didn't realize there was like all that. Mm. Um, no, I, I really liked the Selena one. I've liked mm. all of them, I, but the Selena one really sticks out the most to me. Thank you. I noticed that both of the ones you picked were my ones. <clears throat> Shocking. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm winding you up. But anyone, roasted. Anyone listening, go listen to the Selena one because it's great. Emily, it's your week next week, right? It is my week next week. What you doing? I think we're doing something UFO related. All right. Wait, hold on. What's the X Files theme song? Yeah. No, no. That's the worst whistling. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> man. So yeah, we're yeah. going to do some we're UFO, doing... which stands for UFO Unidentified in, Flying Object. In um, anticipation for the Pentagon's UAP report. Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's going to be War of the Worlds. We're all going to perish. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, be great. great. It's going to be a UFO girl summer. It really is. <laughs> I'm doing a dance that you can't see. So that's next week on mm. Dial Femme for murder. 
Fuck. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. I'm still sweating my tits off. Bye.